For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm Dennis Ackerman, co-host, joined by former Raider great Stanford Route. Stan, how we doing? Pretty good, pretty good, man. Uh, football is back in full force, so uh, I'm I'm always as happy as a clam right now. Can't wait. And also joining us from the Believe in Cardinals podcast is Ed Smith. Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Really excited to have you on and joining us. My pleasure, man. Looking forward to chopping this one up. Well, gentlemen, uh, both teams, the Chiefs, I beg your pardon, the Chiefs, the Raiders uh, and the Cardinals coming off week one losses. The stand, the Raiders, uh, I didn't think played particularly well, but still had a chance to win it at the very end. So how would you assess their week one game against L.A.? <sighs> Well, you know, obviously with uh, the, all the moves that the Los Angeles Chargers have made over the offseason with them bringing Khalil Mack into the fold and obviously J.C. Jackson. And for this to be a game that was still relatively within, let's just say, relatively within striking distance. I'll go ahead and just leave it like that. Um, I can't say that the Raiders played horrible. Obviously, I wish they would have played better. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but definitely a lot of room for improvement. Can't allow Khalil Mack to have three sacks against his former team. Uh, that's just one thing to just go ahead and put it mildly. So uh, definitely um, there's more I want to see out of the Raiders coming up uh, going uh, for the rest of the season. And the Chiefs had their way with the Cardinals. Something, hey, look, at Raider fans are very familiar with when it comes to Kansas City. How would you assess <laughs> Arizona's week one loss? Man, that was they, they took us behind the shed, man. They laid it on us. With no mercy and, and kind of, you know, I've been talking all offseason about how nonchalant we were. We was the noisiest offseason you can imagine, starting off way back after the Pro Bowl with uh, Kyler Murray scrubbing uh, social medias and then the, 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 the reattachment of it and then all the contract talk. Then we'll come to find out DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out for six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just had such a season, offseason of distraction. Then we get to training camp, and, man, these guys decided they don't want to work. They just figured, hey, we we got to the playoffs last year. Forget that beating we took, but we're just going to take it easy and, you know, we'll get to the regular season. We'll turn it on. Somebody forgot to tell them to flip that switch uh, this past uh, Sunday because they looked so unprepared. Uh, the speed of the game was too much for them. Uh, didn't look like anybody was on the same page. And, man, KC just had their way with us, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm fearful – uh, this first few weeks of the season for us is going to be like preseason because we got no work in. So that was an atrocity, What the effort we put up this past Sunday. Stanford Raider fans, I think all our fears about the offensive line came to fruition. I mean, they used seven different O-linemen, allowed six sacks. I mean, how successful can the Raiders be going forward with all these question marks surrounding this offensive line? 
Oh, I think they're just going to have to find different ways to go ahead and try to get the ball out fast, maybe even lean on the run game a little bit more. But to to expect Derek Carr to drop back five, five step and seven step drop, uh, I don't think that's going to be something that's feasible, at least right now at this given moment with what you just said, the state of the offensive line. And I think that Derek Carr, he's got to find a way to to, to carry this load. He's got to find a way to be able to overcome, or should I say circumvent the the below average offensive line he has. He saw how on Sunday he had three INTs. That's something that simply just cannot happen, especially after he gets the big contract. He's now playing with his college roommate, college best friend, and a, and a Devontae Adams who had 141 receiving yards, mind you. But I think that uh, with this offensive line being lackluster, with it simply being a position that they did not address in the offseason to the, to the, to the the nth degree that they should have given that level of consideration and attention. They they dug themselves in this hole and they're going to have to go ahead and lean on their $40 million quarterback to dig them out of it. Yeah, we don't even know if Andre James, uh, his status for Sunday's up in the area, left the game against LA with a concussion. I imagine Dylan Parham would likely start for him if, if he cannot go. Ed, uh, Cardinals gave up 44 points. Uh, your concerns with the defense and can they muster up a pass rush uh, against that Raiders offensive line, do you think? Well, this might be that get back, get right game for you guys as far as your offensive line. They primarily, you know, we were hoping that uh, JJ Watt would be available to start the season. Obviously, he sat first week with the calf. Uh, obviously, we're minus Chandler Jones. This front is totally different from what it was last year. And without an ability to put pressure on the quarterback, we saw last week with KC. Uh, Vance decided to throw the kitchen sink at Mahomes as far as all these blitzes. I can't remember the percentage of blitzes that they ran out there, but that was his solution for not having uh, guys up front to get a push and maybe get a, a rush on Mahomes. And I kind of think it's going to be somewhat of the same thing this week. It's almost you have to decide because we can't get a rush. Do we throw the blitz at a uh, car or do we sit back? And was that old saying, death by a thousand cuts, you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of fearful that he's going to try to throw the kitchen sink out there again, and that's going to expose our secondary, which is so decimated. And this could be a field day for you guys. As far as the your offensive line, I don't know if you have to single out anybody in terms of, you know, this is the guy we got to look out for because, honestly, we don't have the horses up front right now. And even if J.J. Watt was healthy, can he still be an impact player? at this point of his career? Well, the biggest thing I'm scared about, Dennis, is he's already starting the season off with injury, and everybody knows his injury history over the last bunch of years. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing about it, he played zero snaps in preseason, along with getting COVID the week that uh, they went over to Tennessee to try to get some work in, you know, those joint practices. So you got to think about it. He hasn't played a, a legitimate snap since last year sometime. So that calf, if it is bothering him enough to be out game one, I'm scared. And, and Stanford, you know this, all it takes, man, is one slip, one yep, I meant to go takes. this way, uh, and all of a sudden that calf turns from day to day or week to week. We could be minus him for, you know, four to five to six weeks, but I don't see much coming from him, the fact that he has not had an opportunity to get on the field at all to this point. Dan, I want to go back to Derek Carr uh, for a sec, if we could. Uh, obviously, didn't play particularly well. He threw the three picks, as you mentioned earlier. He said he was just trying to be maybe too aggressive. I mean, do you agree with that, or did you see something else from Carr that you think is an easy, correct moving forward? 
I mean, I think that uh, when you really go back and actually just look at the game or just think about exactly everything played out, uh, he's got to be better at decision-making. I think that's number one. I think also uh, when you go and just look at the stats as far as the receivers uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday afternoon, Devontae Adams, 10 catches, he had 17 targets. Darren Waller, four catches, six targets. And then it just it's a steep decline after that. Hunter Renfro, six targets. He was next on the list, only had three catches for 21 yards, so he didn't make that much of an impact and then Brandon Bolden out of the backfield two catches 21 yards he had a touchdown on two targets so to me I think that teams are going to start to really key in on Derek Carr as far as who it appears that he's looking for the most. We know Darren Waller. We know Devontae Adams, obviously his top two targets and Hunter Renfro. But I think that his ability to be able to spread the ball around to the unsung heroes is going to behoove him. It's going to help him going down the line because now whenever that defensive coordinator is looking to have the safety, go ahead and help double on a Devontae Adams or help double on a Darren Waller. It's going to be less effective if Derek Carr is willing to go to his third, fourth, fifth option, sixth option even, as far as those guys that the opposing team, the opposing defense is not going to be readily, abundantly aware of right now as far as leaning their coverage to that direction. I have a question for both of you. And Stan, obviously defensive back in the NFL for eight years. Ed, you played on the offensive side of the ball. Have you guys seen situations before where a quarterback just falls in love too much with one of his weapons? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And when you have, especially if you have a, a weapon like a Devontae Adams, you know, you want to, and, and in all honesty, I think in the first week, and you might uh, agree with this, Stanford, I think he wanted to showcase Devontae Adams. Yeah. A little bit, mm-hmm. this 17 first targets. Week. Yeah. I mean, this was, you know, obviously their college teammates all would dream of playing with each other, this beautiful weapon you got. You know, I think they, they, he went out of his way to focus on trying to get Devontae the ball this, uh, this past week. Yeah, and I think sometimes. Go ahead. Sorry. So I think sometimes uh, it can be a detriment to the team when you try to focus on or when you try to feature a certain guy. Now, if it's all within the flow of the game, then that's one thing. But when you're actually making a concerted effort to try to feature somebody, I think that at times it could be to the detriment of the team. It could be to the de- to the detriment of the offense. I remember even in years past, uh, several of my years in Oakland, and we would go against the Houston Texans and Andre Johnson, Hall of Fame receiver. We all know that, but that was the game plan is that we simply were going to either double Andre or put Nambi Asamoah over there and we were going to force the other receivers. We're going to force the tight ends to beat us in the one-on-one coverage and we're just simply going to take Andre out of the game and that's what I'm fearful of right now with the Las Vegas Raiders is that a team is going to sit up there and now double team Devontae Adams, take him out of the game, put their best corner over there, put the safety over the top, things like that and now, okay, your second guy, your third guy, your fourth guy, are they going to be able to beat man coverage consistently down the field throughout the remainder of the game for you to be successful? And that right there remains to be seen. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, what, what Ed is saying as far as seeing a quarterback get too fixated on his shiny new toy. Yeah, I've definitely seen that uh, several times. Ed, has Kyler Murray been the same quarterback since he lost Hopkins? Oh, that's a great question, Dennis. He has been, so, you know, he's been, he's been himself. Let's just say that, uh, which has not been the best of things here recently, especially, you know, at the end of last year, uh, we stumbled down the blocks you know, after that seven and zero start 10 and two at one point, 
I do think teams started to put game plans specifically together. Now you always want to stop him as a weapon, but I thought, I thought they started to get more familiar with what we were doing and the ways to try to, to stop him. He's a short quarterback. There's nothing. There's no way to get around that. If you can have your defensive ends pressure upfield, but contain and uh-huh. get pressure straight up the middle of the field with your interior guys, he has no, he's, he's not yet learned to step up in the pocket. Part of that is because he is so short. He still has a hard time seeing over the top of that. Then the other thing is he's got this spin move where he, he, you know, spins, he hits that eject button. The thing is, if he gets out of that pocket, you got trouble because he can create on the run. But if you keep him in there, he sometimes just drops like a, you know, a, a bag of flour on the floor. Hmm, no you end up getting that. a sack. So, you know, and and we, my, my radio partner and I, Javon, we always joke about the chuck and duck. He's got a bad habit when DeAndre is in the, the lineup. He knows where the, the, the vicinity of where DeAndre might be. So when that pressure is coming and because he can't see downfield, a lot of times he, we call it the chuck and duck. And he's been saved so many times by DeAndre but what happens is they end up giving him the credit like, oh, my God, that was an amazing pass. Did you see that? He didn't even see that. He just yeah. threw it up. DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins saved him. Now for these six games without D-Hop being there, it we we did not see a chuck and duck this week because there's no D-Hop out there. So mm-hmm. where do we get that production down the field? And that's a scary thing. Uh, he is, you know, the, the teams, like I said, they're going to focus on keeping him in that pocket. He's a much uh, less effective quarterback when you do that. Yeah, I think uh Dennis, I think the 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 more uh the more pressing question or should I say just the uh the more relative question as far as what you just asked Ed is that is Kyler Murray the same quarterback when the the calendar hits November? <laughs> and you know cuz every year it seems like they come out really really hot. Obviously, we know Kyler Murray being from Texas, we all know he's a stud quarterback as far as he's talented. We all know that. But just like what Ed said, it seems like teams start to develop that game plan. And for the past two years, Arizona has sputtered down the stretch once you get to the final six, seven weeks of the season. And I think a lot of it has to do with everything that Ed just mentioned as far as teams now finding that game plan. They're starting to figure figure you out, the blueprint. And then in the NFL, you already know the best football is played in November and December as far as like that's when the real football is played to make that playoff push. So I think that uh, for Arizona, for Kyler Murray especially, and a Cliff Kingsbury, they have to be able to find out what is going to be their counterpunch, like a oh, boxer God. in the boxing ring. You've got to find that counterpunch because if you're just simply relying on that right hook and you go against somebody who's able to defend that right hook, now you're, uh, you're SOL. And if you don't mind me just to stamp in what you said, Stanford, they, the Cliff Kingsbury, he's done a poor job of making those adjustments. Like, you know, and here I always tell people, and you know, this, you have to make adjustments sometime from quarter to quarter series yes. to series. Uh-huh. He gets all the way. He's gotten to the point where things have worked through six and seven games. But let's just keep rolling that out there. Not uh-huh. making those adjustments from game to game, series to series. And that's why I think you see some, in the second half, after you get a whole bunch of tape on this team and you start watching tendencies and everything like it's so easy to defense. And then, like I said, like you said, you brought up what's your counterpunch. We have no counterpunch here in uh, Arizona. And I want to follow up on something because Stan and I talked about this on our podcast in the offseason. When they gave Tyler, Kyler Murray, excuse me, that extension, there was that clause in there that said, 
he had to study so many hours at home and it just blew up uh, on, on the Cardinals. And they finally had to make a statement saying we're taking this out of the contract. Did he get an extension because they were at the point where we don't have a better option? Do you feel? I think it was out of fear, Dennis, because, you know, everybody, I mean, you hear all the talking heads on all the networks. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, yeah. you've got no yeah. chance at all. So now mm -hmm. all these teams, they get one or they get what they think is one. And well, God, we can't lose him. We got, mm -hmm. we, we just do, we have to do whatever is possible to appease him because you can't just go out and find uh, franchise quarterbacks growing on trees. When the reality is, uh, you know, I mean, everybody isn't a franchise quarterback just because you pay him $46 million a year. Agreed. Agreed. You know, there, Agreed. I mean, now, and you know, you know how it is now, Stanford. Every, it's like this quarterback made this much last year, so the next guy's up. We got to pay him that plus some. It's like where yeah. did it ever, you know, I wish I worked in an industry. I, well, I guess we used to work in the industry, but I wish I now worked in an industry where, hey, all I got to do is reference, hey, that dude made this much last year, so I got to make that much. And, you know, we're just throwing money at these quarterbacks out of fear because you got you have to have a franchise quarterback. In my opinion, you have to have the right franchise quarterback. And I'll throw one last thing out there about Kyler. He is the one of the most talented dudes I've ever seen. Now, obviously, he's yeah. height challenge. One of the most talented and dynamic football players I've ever seen. Biggest question about him is leadership. He has uh -huh. absolutely no leadership. And just because you give this dude money and just because he has all the ability in the world does not make him a leader. And that is his biggest flaw, if you ask me. Okay, I want to ask you both a question because obviously you both played in the NFL. But the quarterback as a leader, does he have to be a verbal leader or can he lead by example? Uh, you Ooh. go with that one, Stafford? <laughs> you, you want me to go with that one first? Uh <laughs> Repeat the question back. I want to make sure that I hear it correctly okay, so I can so answer. We know there's different kind of leaders, right? We all know uh -huh. that. Does your quarterback, if he's going to be the leader of your football team, does he have to lead just by example, or does he have to be a verbal leader? Which would you guys want? I think you just kind of hit it right on the head. You just kind of answered your own question when you said, uh, does he have to be a verbal leader? Does he have to be a rah-rah type? Of, I'm sorry, does he have to be lead by example or be a verbal leader? You just started off by saying there's different types of leaders. So I think that uh, that right there, he doesn't have to be. Uh, I'll use. What do you think Derek Carr is, Dan? What do you think Derek Carr is? To me, I think Derek Carr is probably more of a lead by example type of leader. He doesn't really strike me as the raw, raw type. Like you remember how uh, years ago, how you would always see Tom Brady in the huddle, how he would always headbutt his uh, his offensive lineman. Like, you know, that's more of like a, a vibrant. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady's a Leo, so and I'm a Leo as well, so maybe it has to do with that <laughs> alpha type of energy or something like that. Uh, but you just don't see that out of Derek Carr. You don't see Derek Carr just being kind of like a, a like a house cat, but you just don't see that type of bravado that Derek Carr brings to the table. Uh, so I would probably more so align him with. Doesn't mean he's exactly like this guy, but I would align him more towards the Eli Manning end of the spectrum. And when I say that, Eli obviously wasn't vocal. Eli obviously, uh, many times he had a deer caught in headlights type of look. But Eli Manning also beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. So that's somebody who leads by example. He made the great throw to uh, to. Uh, David Tyree in the first Super Bowl. He makes throw on a dime to Mario Manningham in the second Super Bowl. So whenever you see certain guys that make plays like that, you have no choice but to go ahead and follow behind him because it's like, whoa, 
Did you see what that guy just did? He he clearly knows what he's doing. He's clearly the leader of this team now. He may not be the rah rah vocal person, but he still has put forth enough on tape. He's put forth enough on this team to make me feel comfortable and following behind him. So uh, I I don't think that a, a quarterback needs to be. I don't think he needs to be one way. I don't think that you can only lead one way. I think you can lead a multitude of ways. You look at Aaron Rodgers. He's somebody that has, let's just say, drawn the ire of a lot of teammates, a lot of people within the media because of how he goes about doing things. But Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is going to the Hall of Fame. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks ever played this game on the face of the planet. So just off of that alone, his talent is going to make you want to follow behind him because you know playing with him, uh, ask Devontae Adams. <laughs> You're going to have a great <laughs> career playing with him for a number of years and you're going to make a lot of money too. So I think that there's a multitude of ways that you can be a leader. Um, I don't think it's just one way. Dennis, I, ho- I hope that answers the question. No, it absolutely doesn't. Uh, yeah, Derek Carr to me is more of a lead by example type. Ed, before I get your answer, I got to make our uh, sponsor happy. And let me get this read in real quick because I'm mm-hmm. a little late with it. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and yes, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ed, what do you prefer? Do you want somebody leading by example or do you want a rah-rah type of quarterback? I'm right there with Stanford. I, I what I'm thinking, well, what I know, the great ones and the good ones, they're a hybrid. They have a little bit of dog in them where they want to let everybody know they're the alpha in the room, but they also know I'd rather have guys watching what I'm doing and following me that way than me yelling down the hall trying to get them to, to run toward me. And those, you know, I played with Chris Chandler, you know, went to Super Bowl with that dude, didn't have the most talent in the world. But I tell you this, man, the way he kind of, you know, led our team. And even I had a relationship with what we weren't like best of friends or anything like that, but he was a dude that I would run through a brick wall for. And not because he was rah, rah, or this, because I felt what I felt what he was trying to do. And, you know, the quiet guys, I mean, I think it's a balance. You can't have zero and a hundred. You got to be somewhere on the scale of, if you are a quiet dude, uh, give me at least 30% of, you know, conversation and you know that type of thing. You can't be at zero. And if you're one of those dudes, because I'm, you know, we all know there's the Russell Wilsons and stuff like that. The mm-hmm. I don't want fake leadership. I want yeah. somebody that when they're talking, I know they're talking, uh, they're trying to be about it. You know, I'm not necessarily just looking for that rah-rah stuff. So I do think they're, you know, and, and the, the biggest question that we sometimes have on our show is, can you teach leadership? And that's that's a tricky thing. Can yeah, you teach tough. it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you teach uh, it? Isn't it something a, that's born in you? You either have it or you don't. I, I think that you can teach it, but it's never going to be authentic. Like you can <laughs> teach it and you can teach somebody to be a leader, but, but it's going to be, it, it's, it's not going to be authentic. It's going to be more on the side of, you know, let's just go ahead and call it synthetic. <laughs> we'll just call it that. <laughs> um, and as a player, 
hell, even as a coach, just as a member of the team, you can always tell when it's authentic and you can always tell when it's synthetic. So I think that for me, I want my quarterback to be whoever he is. If you're a rah-rah guy, be a rah-rah guy. If you're somebody that leads by example, be that. And I think that at the end of the day, players are going to rally behind whoever they see putting in the work and making plays on Sundays. At the end of the day, you can be a rah-rah guy, and a lot of people are going to be turned off by you if that does not translate into you playing well on Sundays. You're making mental errors. You're throwing interceptions and nobody's going to follow behind you if you're a rah-rah guy. And if you could somebody who simply is just leading by example, you don't say two words the entire week, but yet every time somebody looks over at you, you're studying, you're working hard, you're making plays, you're not missing assignments, you're not showing up late to anything like that. Guys will pay attention to that and they'll rally behind you. So I just want my quarterback to be whoever he really is. That's all I want because you can always you can sniff it out like it's like it's dirty socks. You can sniff it out when somebody is not being authentic and they're not being themselves. <laughs> and I want to get back to the Raiders defense. They didn't record a sack uh, against Justin yeah. Herbert. Um, Denzel Perriman could be out. Trayvon Merrick might miss the game. We know that uh, Anthony Averett would have lost him for a few weeks with a broken thumb. How do they create that pressure? How do they create more pressure and, and try to get to Kyler Murray this uh, this Sunday? Oh, obviously, they're going to have to bring in more people. They're going to have to blitz. They're going to have to try to go ahead and get exotic. They're going to have to maybe bring a corner off the edge, things like that. Uh, because just like what I was telling you guys, or just like what I was telling you, Dennis, coming into this season, I told you, it's going to come down to Max Crosby. It's going to come down to Chandler Jones playing at an all-pro level, I believe, to augment, to go ahead and try to supplement that back end, or should I say they're not addressing the back end to the, to the level that I felt like they should have. And obviously, no sacks on Sunday afternoon against the Chargers. That's something you can ill afford to have happen whenever you do not have the type of secondary, the uh, the potency within the secondary that you're that one would that one would imagine or one would definitely highly covet. So they're going to have to find a way to get to Kyle Murray this week, blitzing, bringing extra people, pressure, things like that. I mean, hey. We all can see that Kyler Murray doesn't watch as much film as he should. So uh, <laughs> uh, maybe we can go ahead and confuse him with a few fire zone blitzes, things like that. And how big of a loss was Chandler Jones for the Cardinals? He was huge. He absolutely was. And this is going to be one of those get back games for him. You know, I, he spent a, a few years here, I think three Pro Bowls, uh, did everything you would want from a guy leading your defense. And, you know, I don't think he ever got the respect from management in this organization that he deserved. And when the time came, you know, he went on his way. And I'm pretty sure when the schedule came out, because I've been there a couple times myself, uh, Stanford, you circle a couple games yep. on the calendar. You're like, hey, I can't wait for this one. And I'm oh, guaranteeing yeah. he can't wait for this one. And real quick, man, I tell you, our, our offensive line might, it might turn into a turnstile for you guys. This might be the get back, get right game for you guys up front because of the fact we have not, like I said, our offensive line, just a, a, a mass of guys anyway. They haven't worked together all offseason, none in the preseason. I think one of the uh, players even during the um, post game last week mentioned that, hey, you know, we're all just kind of figuring it out out there because we just, now it's like the first time we played against, you know, with each other. So mm -hmm. that doesn't bode well. Uh, for our offensive line, I'm thinking 
it's not going to be as difficult. I'm, I, I think what might happen, you got, you might come out with a plan to blitz us and you might find out you don't even have to do all that because KC <laughs> did not do a whole lot of exotic stuff and they still contain Kyler and they stuffed. If we don't come out there and at least make an attempt to run the ball, that's going to yeah. be game over as far as I'm concerned from the very beginning. But uh, this offensive line might surprise you. I don't know if you, you maybe you've been looking at the wrong tape. They might not be as good as you think they are. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is the offensive line the one group where when you have a bunch of new faces, it's the toughest to get continuity? In my opinion, yeah. And as, as a tight end working with those guys, oh, my God. I mean, the, the good ones, the, or less, the, I've been with a couple of offensive lines. They, they, they eat together. They go out together. They study yeah. together. Fridays, they, you know, all, you know, gather the day before, uh, they're you know sitting in the corner eating donuts together. I mean, these guys get so familiar with each other, and they can literally you know they know when the other dude say somebody else on the offensive line if he's not feeling well, they all don't feel well because they're that in tune with each other. And that's that that is Dennis. That is the one unit in my opinion that they have to. It's like a glove. All five of them have to. They have a space, four fingers, and yeah. a thumb. Those guys have to be in tune, and they need work to do that. And I just you know that's the one unit. Actually, you can throw defensive lines in and out. Uh, you obviously got linebackers, DBs. Uh, there's a reason why you don't shuffle in offensive linemen if you can help it. All right, let's do a little over-under, guys. Stan, I want to start with you. Derek Carr, two touchdown passes on Sunday. Over-under. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to go ahead and uh, think with my heart, and I'm going to say the over. All right. I'm going to go under. I think they're going to get their running game going, and I think he's going to have a lot of yards, but I think he's going to go under. Ed, what are you thinking? I say over. I think uh, he wants to get Adams involved, obviously Waller involved, and Renfro might even sneak one in himself. Uh, Stan, <laughs> Derek Carr, three, 300 yards passing. Over or under for Derek? Uh, I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to go with the over. I think he's going to have a big day as far as passing yards. Like I said, you know, maybe the whole thing with the touchdowns may not come to fruition, but I feel like he's going to have a good day passing yards statistically. Ed? I'm right there at the 300-yard mark too, Dennis. Yeah, I think that's a give or take right around in that neighborhood. All right, let's go to the other side now. Kyler Murray, uh, I know he struggled against the the Chiefs. Uh, Ed, I'll start with you. 250 yards over under. Uh, 250 and some chains, let's put it that way. But <laughs> the caveat is a lot of it might be in some garbage time late. Stan? Oh, we're talking about 250 yards. Total yards or passing? Passing yards. Uh, oh, man, I still don't all the way believe in this secondary, so I would go with the over. All right. I, Reluctantly, I, I would go with yeah, the over. <laughs> I hear you. I think that w- with the injuries, possibly with Merrick and – uh, possibly no Averett or no, definitely no Averett. I, I think I'm going over also. How about two touchdowns at over under for Kyler Murray? I think he does. I mean, because I don't think we're going to be able to run the ball much. We'll abandon it quickly, and that'll be the only way they get any offense is in the air with the touchdown or two. Stan? Two touchdowns in the air for Kyler Murray? Yep. Uh, let's go with the under. Let's go with the under on that one, just to go ahead and kind of, you know, switch it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's go with the under. All right. Uh, Chandler Jones did not have a sack in the first game, but what's the two? I'm going to go over under. Ed, I'm going to start with you. Two over under. <laughs> I got to go. I, hey, can I push? I'll go two. I, I'm going to push him now. He's going to get at least a couple. Stan? 
Uh, I would go with the under. I'd go with the under. I think he's definitely going to get to the quarterback. But Kyler Murray, obviously, elusive runner, um, uh, really, really good passer. We all know that. Doesn't watch film as much as he should, but <laughs> definitely still a stud quarterback. Chandler Jones, I see the under. I, uh, I'll give him one, maybe one and a half, but I see the under. Yeah, I like that also. One to one and a half. Agree. Stan, I'm going to start with you. The Raiders O-line allows three sacks over under. Oh, uh, <laughs> six last week. I'm, but it's against a very good pass rush with the Chargers. Exactly. I think that uh, this week, I think that they're going to have one of those bounce back type of games. Not not to say they're going to play like world beaters on the offensive line. I would go with the under, uh, but they're definitely going to find a way to get to Derek Carr. I don't think it's going to be a lot, but Derek Carr, in my estimation, is going to be hitting the turf at least once or twice this Sunday. And? We did not record a sack last week, so I'm going to go with the under as far as the three. We might trip into a couple, but I don't know if we have enough people to pressure Carr enough to to really threaten him. You know, I've seen this Raider offensive line. I'm going to go push like you did on one earlier, uh, Ed. I'm going to go push. <laughs> I think I think it's three. And my my last one, Stan Devonte Adams, ten receptions last week. How about over under eight this week? Oh, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under uh, anything is possible. I don't see him having another day as far as like he did last Sunday with the the uh, the number of receptions. I think he's still going to make his plays. There's no doubt about that. But as far as eight receptions, I mean, you know, if you really, really think about it, eight catches is a lot. It is. Like yeah. that means, you know, you're putting in a, a really, really uh, great day's work. I just see Derek Carr hopefully spreading the ball around a little bit more, maybe getting it to Renfro a little bit, uh, things like that. Darren Waller. I see uh, Devontae Adams having a good day, but not eight receptions. I still see uh, him uh, him getting his yards, making his plays, just not on eight catches. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be less than, and I, I think hopefully, like you said, I think Derek's going to hopefully spread the ball around. Uh, Ed, what do you think of that uh, Cardinal defense? I, I think less than eight, but I, th- I think the yardage, run after catch and stuff like that, he might have six or seven for like 130 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. my thoughts. My yeah. thoughts. Oh, exactly. All right. Finally, let's get a prediction, and I'm going to start with our guest. Ed, give me a score prediction on this one. Oh, let me look it up because I have mine ready for this weekend. I have the Oakland Raiders. or Oakland Raiders. Oh, you can say <laughs> Oakland. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders winning this one, and I have, oh, my goodness, I had it somewhere down here, 34 to 20. All right. Stan? Yeah. Ooh, I would go uh, – let's go Las Vegas Raiders, 28 – Arizona Cardinals, 21. All right. I think the Raiders win. I'm going to go 30 to 20. I think both teams are going to put up some points, and uh, the Raiders win. And I think the Raiders cover the spread uh, is five and a half, and I think the Raiders win, and they cover as well. Hey, Ed, really appreciate you taking the time to join us. This was a lot of fun. Anytime, gentlemen. Look forward to chopping it up with you again soon, man, and good luck with everything. Keep up the great work. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you. Stan, before we we end, what game you call on this weekend? Oh, wow. Uh, this weekend, going to be doing Arkansas and Missouri State. All right. All right. Hope you have a lot of fun. All right, Raider yes. Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by Bet Online. For my partner, Stanford Route, and our guest, Ed Smith, I'm Dennis Ackerman, and may all your punts find the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.